Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the world's teacher program for Share International New Zealand on Planet FM 104.6. Each Friday morning, we bring you information from the teachers of the ages wisdom. The purpose of our program is to introduce Maitreya, the world teacher for the age of Aquarius. Maitreya does not come alone. He brings with him the masters of wisdom, a group of highly evolved teachers. They work in many fields and can teach us the art of living, how to live in right relationship with each other. With their inspiration, we can transform our civilization, creating justice and peace for us all. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Maitreya Show, our regular Friday program. Now, this program is by a Dutch uh, Share International co-worker. His name is Alexander Dalsdecker, and it's called Maitreya's Approach to Humanity, and it's part one. Um, now, Maitreya's approach began a long, long time ago, uh, 1425, to be exact, so I will um, carry on here. The Tibetan master, the master Dual Kul, chronicled the movement of humanity towards the spiritual hierarchy of masters and the movement of the spiritual hierarchy towards humanity. In cooperation with Alice A. Bailey, he has written, for some time, ever since 1425, the hierarchy has been aware that the time would come when this projected move would take place and preparations have gone steadily. Mindful of the plan of the Logos, the, the planetary Logos, who we call God, Allah, Brahma, um, Ahura Mazda, Jehovah, uh, his name that he calls himself is Sanat Kumara, and he, it's taught esoterically, he is the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Um, we could call him quite safely the creator of the planet. So, mindful of the plan of the Logos and the incoming age of Aquarius, our elder brothers, the masters of wisdom, have been preparing their everyday, their return to the everyday world since 1425. Now, permission was asked at the Centennial Conference that's um, every 100 years, centennial, of 1425, for the inflow of the Shambhala force. Uh, Shambhala is the um, power center, the main center of the planet. It's in the Gobi Desert, and it's in the etheric levels. It's not in dense physical, it's in etheric physical. It's where the Masters of Wisdom work from, and it's the home of Sanat Kumara. If you could say his whole world is the home, really, but... Um, where are we? The inflow of the Shambhala force to instill a trend towards fusion and integration in political, religious and cultural affairs of men. It is imperative to the externalization of the hierarchy that humanity develops unity in its diversity. So moving on, towards the 15th and 16th centuries, the Renaissance flowered in Christian Europe, as well as in the Muslim world, in Mughal India and in Ming China. Trade, the arts and sciences flourished, 
and a general revival of civilization and culture. Men and women like Admiral Zen He, Joan of Arc, Kabir, Leonardo da Vinci and others not only explored the world and human nature, but pioneered new understandings of human divinity. And this was inspired by the masters of wisdom. Even if you don't, uh, and these are all high disciples, you understand, but even if you don't um, believe, if you like, that you're working with a master, that the inspiration and the ideas are coming straight from your own soul, well, that's just fine because it's the... It's the intent and the ideas which are the important thing, not so much where it's coming from. Towards the end of the 16th century, the first faint signs of a trend towards fusion were becoming visible. The 17th and 18th century saw this new dynamic slowly picking up momentum as the energies of Pisces began their withdrawal and the Aquarian dispensation gradually entered. So we were moving out of alignment with the constellation of Pisces uh, three, four hundred years ago. And around about a nominal date, 2012, the energies of Pisces, which were disappearing, and the energies of the Aquarian constellation, which were increasing as we moved closer, they were about equal. So that's where we had the, the cusp, 2012, the nominal cusp. We could say that the age of Aquarius began then, even though it will take Maitreya to inaugurate it officially. The energies from 2012 have only become, um, well, they've only increased, of course, and they are now quite a bit bigger than the receiving energies of Pisces. Although it's easy to see if you look around the world that all of our systems are based on the energies of Pisces, individuality, competition, abstract idealism, which is um, more easily said my way or the highway. So um, these, these Piscean energies have really got a hold on the leaders and the whether that be business or political or religious and the people who um, who have control of our planet. There's not so many people responding and working with the Aquarian energies. Uh, a lot of the youth, a lot of the youth are working with the Aquarian energies because the Aquarian energies will only work through a group, whereas the Piscean energies only work through the individual or an individual. So, during the Enlightenment, a master of wisdom moved into the public eye by visiting various courts of Europe. He was a mysterious figure, commonly known as the Comte Saint-Germain, and he became the centre of attention among nobility and royalty because of his manifest manifest abilities as an alchemist, a painter, a musician and philosopher who spoke many languages and not least because of his mysterious ancestry. Thus, the Lord of Civilization, the Master Rakosi, the Master Rakosi holds the title of the Lord of Civilization, which is why he was able to work closely with humanity, because that is what he does. The 
Lord of Civilization for the Age of Aquarius, the Master Rakozi presented himself at a time when a more humanitarian and scientific view of life was beginning to take hold. And this will lead up to the Aquarian ideal of liberty, equality and fraternity, which was imperfectly expressed during the French Revolution because they went slightly too far and started chopping people's heads off, which doesn't really adhere to the, uh, the qualities of the Aquarian age. A disciple of Lord Maitreya, the Master Rakozi was both admired and reviled by many contemporaries who saw him either as a divine alchemist, an artist and philosopher, or as a simple adventurer and a fraud. But humanity owes much to the acting Lord of Civilization for his inspiration of many of the modern inventions such as railroads, gas and electricity. By the time the Comte de Saint-Germain was leaving the scene, the Western world was moving into an age of revolutions, beginning with the American and French and the first industrial revolution in Britain. The emerging global economy of the 19th century gave rise to modern capitalism and transformed the competition between European colonial powers, Great Britain, France and Russia, into imperialistic strife. Simultaneously, the effect of the Shambhala energies on, on humanity, I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Simultaneously, the effect of the Shambhala energies on humanity led to the formation of revolutionary movements, uh, political parties and trade unions, which actively engaged themselves for the rights of citizens and workers and the abolition of slavery, universal suffrage, and women's rights, as well as national liberation and unity. So not only were the global economy and the struggle for freedom and justice revolutionized, but we also saw the fields of science and technology begin to flower. In the middle of the same century, the 19th century, the world became enveloped in a negative materialism, the close of the 19th century was given over completely to decline, even though a reassessment of values had been indicated. It was in the late 19th century that Helena Petrovna Blavatsky made her appearance onto the world stage. Through her close conscious cooperation with the Masters of Wisdom, Kutumi, Moria and Dwal Kul, humanity was provided first-hand occult information to encourage the comparative study of religion, philosophy and science, as well as to investigate unexplained laws of nature and the powers latent in humanity. And of course she started the Theosophical Society. Her goal was to form a nucleus of the universal brotherhood of humanity, without distinction of race, creed, sex, caste or colour. So interested parties in the East and in the West, in the East perhaps you could say reintroduced, in the West they were introduced to esoteric principles, the law of rebirth or reincarnation, and the law of cause and effect, or what we call simply karma, which govern our very evolution, and we were also introduced to occult information on the existence and the work of our spiritual hierarchy, who have been guiding the evolution of humanity from the very, very earliest times. 
And occult is a word that means hidden. Uh, even astronomers will say when a planet goes behind something that it has been occulted. So occult is hidden or esoteric. It got a bad press. Occult got bad press from the church, which turned the word into something meaning black magic. It's not so. Towards the end of 19th century, whispers of the coming of the Messiah or the world teacher had spread amongst the cult communities. Blavatsky had written before her death in 1891 that the real purpose of the Theosophical Society was to prepare for the advent of the world teacher. And her successor, Annie Besant, who became president at the beginning of the 20th century, of the Theosophical Society, I mean, worked closely with C.W. Ledbetter. And Ledbetter shared the belief that the Lord Maitreya, the world teacher, the Christ in the West and the Bodhisattva in the East, or the Kalkiavtar, was to manifest himself through an initiate, as had happened before through Krishna and Jesus. Maitreya and the Master Jesus still work very closely together. Together, Ledbetter and Besant prepared a very young Krishnamurti to become the next vehicle for the world teacher. Krishnamurti, a very famous teacher. One objective of the direct inflow of the Shambhala force in the early 20th century was to stimulate the free will of the masses of humanity, which led to the formulation and the expression of great political ideologies of the world, fascism, democracy and communism. This culminated in violent clashes and peaceful reforms during the World War which ran from 1914 to 1945, as the masters see it. We saw two wars, they saw one war. The only difference was that it disappeared from the physical plane, but it was very much alive on the mental planes and the emotional planes, which, of course, is why it sprung up again. This brought about the demise the war. This brought about the demise of the old imperialistic order through turbulent, political change in many great nations such as Germany, Italy, Russia, Spain and China and Japan through revolutions and civil wars and more gradually in France, Britain, India and the United States. And leading up to the Centennial Conference of 1925, Alice A. Bailey was contacted by the Master DK or Dual Kool, also known as the Tibetan, in 1919 and became his amanuensis for 30 years. They worked together for 30 years. Together with the Tibetan, Bailey brought a vast body of esoteric teachings forward, ranging from esoteric psychology to the externalization of the hierarchy. At the same time, Maitreya formed the new group of world servers on the inner planes, men and women motivated by goodwill and the desire to serve their brothers and sisters, who are subjectively linked to hierarchy and are found in every country. This as his vanguard for the new age of brotherhood and synthesis. At the same time, a master started living in Moscow, absolutely occult, not known, behind the scenes, working to mitigate the totalitarian effects of the regime in which the Russian people had lived since 1917. During the same time frame, Helena Roerich 
received the Agni Yoga teachings, mainly from the Master Maurya, to alert disciples in the world to the dangers of the coming world war and to galvanize them into constructive action in line with hierarchical intent. So this was all around the, um, the well, around 1920, 1919, Together with her husband, the painter Nicholas Royrick, and other society members, she actively campaigned for world peace. Now we're back to Krishnamurti, travelling between India, Europe and America with a small group of his associates. He went through an intense process, which seemed to prepare him to merge with the consciousness of the world teacher. So, to the shock and astonishment of many seeking to follow him, including Annie Besant and C.W. Ledbetter, he started teaching that the truth is within oneself and cannot be reached by following others, even masters. And that's largely what his books are based on. Now, in 1925, the Centennial Conference, which the masters held, resulted in a fresh inflow of the Christ principle of true or spiritual love, which is free from emotionalism and selfish intent. And this galvanized the work of the new group of world ser- new group of world servers and to this day has served to heighten the awareness of humanity to the issues of brotherhood. Very interesting. In nineteen twenty nine we saw the stock market crash and the ensuing Great Depression. The World War re-emerged. We saw, of course, Germany, Imperial Japan, uh, and Italy. Their initial military success was due to the utilization of the destructive aspect of the Shambhala force, which worked out as a will to power through these three axis powers. So the Shambhala force can be used in either way, it can be used to destroy or it can be used to create. Just before the United States was drawn into the war, President Roosevelt formulated the four freedoms, freedom of speech and expression, freedom of every person to worship God in his own way, freedom from want and freedom from fear anywhere in the world, which was followed by the Atlantic Charter, in which he and Prime Minister Churchill stated their intention to destroy Nazism and to see established a peace which will afford to all nations the means of dwelling in safety within their own boundaries and which will afford assurance that all men in all lands may live out their lives in freedom from fear and want. And these two uh, charters, if you like, became an invitation to the spiritual hierarchy because it showed them that humanity was prepared to take the next step towards change, to put its house in order. And that's allowed Maitreya to come forward. So if you want any more information, you can contact sharenz at yahoo.com or just simply go on the Share International website. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you, talk to you, hear you something next week. <laughs>